Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I have been masculine. I went and saw the Bucks game with you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. I said the word... Oh, he's tossing that rock around. <laughs> oh, he's dishing it out and he's giving it down. That's what I said when we were watching that B-ball. He's sucking it in the paint. Look at him. <laughs> he's charging and he's got his knees up and he's oh, all full funny. of verve and viv. If you listen to sports with the sexual mind, it's all gay. Of course, of course. Oh, yeah. His um, balls are dribbling all over the court. <laughs> we're just, I can't get over how masculine today's going to be. Yeah. We're men. <laughs> it's just so, like... Ooh, big boats and splashing. And well, you're not saying it very masculine. No, it is. It's just so like <laughs> we got the ooh long beards with little mm. ribbons in them, and then we've got like huh. big guns. Well, that's masculine, I guess. And, and then swollen mortars of gunpowder. Cool. Just these big globes, ceramic and shiny on the outside, filled with ammo on the inside. Well, you know what I say? Put a nipple on it. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Henry. Yeah. And Henry Hanging out with Marcus. Hello. Today we are on to Blackbeard Part Three. I'm so masculine. I'm hot bunking while the dude's fucking in there, man. I know. We are fit together like a goddamn Lego set, man. Oh, I love being a little semen with you. <laughs> masculine. So when we last left Blackbeard, he had just successfully paralyzed the port of Charleston, South Carolina, escaping with hundreds of thousands of dollars in gold, silver, jewelry, and treasure. I cool. can't believe he. <laughs> Never mind. I was just going to say, I can't believe he did that, Terry Scheibe. And never mind. Scratch it. (laughs) In addition, Blackbeard also gained what he'd been craving all along. Notoriety. There wasn't a single port in the Americas who hadn't heard at least a whisper of Blackbeard following the Charleston blockade. And while his reputation would make raids easier for a time, it would also lead to his death. I read a really good, like, thick-ass review of Blackbeard on the Smithsonian, and they gave him four out of five flags. <laughs> um, but on, in their, the account, it really kind of put into context how up until that point, like, by the time he arrived at Charleston, South Carolina, he had put in a bunch of time and probably had already taken about 15 to 20 Hmm. boats. Like, I didn't realize truly the scope of the fear he had spread even before that time period. Because then by the time he rolled in, the Blackbeard effect was already there. Like, they were like, he rolled in at the front of the harbor and they're all like, 
oh, that's that super masculine guy with that his best friend. <laughs> Absolutely. And the two of them are so, they're so frightening. They're hugging each other. Well, he put the time in, much like Malcolm Gladwell suggests. Also, the Blackbeard effect, if you end up eating somebody's anus after a large night at sushi, you might have the Blackbeard effect. <laughs> really good material. Thank you. <laughs> Now, following Charleston, Blackbeard returned to raiding other vessels, but rarely had to use violence, and in some cases, simply chased down ships for directions on how to find more valuable prey. I eat, now that we've been in New York a week, I, I understand this thing again, where a very, very scary man says, going, hey, 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 come here, hey. Where's the Starbucks? <laughs> you know, like, That's right. It's, just, it's on every corner. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, it's over there. So, you know, there's something about that. Just getting, seeing the pirate flag go up. Like, oh, fuck, oh, no. Oh, no. Where's the beach? Oh. In one case, after Blackbeard had already captured and destroyed a ship called the Great Allen, he chased down another ship called the New Division and simply asked the captain what he knew about shipping in the area. And everyone knows that the New Division, um, that was that incredible dance band that oh, happened after so the fun. lead singer of the former band. Uh, he had <laughs> yes. committed suicide. Yes. And of yes. course, yes. the Great Allen, a ship you can recognize by its spectacles alone. <laughs> it's very nice. I appreciate you bringing a little bit of, uh, no, dogs. of, of no dogs into this. Yes, yes. the New yes. Division. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely on fire today. Yeah. Blackbeard then let the captain go on his way, taking only a single member of the captain's crew who decided then and there that he wanted to trade his merchant sailor job for a pirate's life with Blackbeard. I want to be a big fun sailor with you boys. All right. That's why I'm just, I'm Whoa, ready to go. Shirts are off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Take me and splash me. Ooh, look at the globes. Masculine. But when Blackbeard did find a ship worth raiding, that was a different story altogether. On December 19, 1717, Blackbeard captured a sloop off Crab Island near Anguilla in the West Indies. Hmm. Or maybe it's Anguilla. Or maybe it's Anguilla. I have no fucking clue. No idea. But we, knew, we do know it was a sloop. <laughs> From this ship. Blackbeard took hogs, cattle, and books mm. and held the crew captive for eight hours. Wait a second. They got pigs on these boats? Of course. Oh, yeah. What do you mean, of course? That's how they eat. Yeah, dude. Are the pigs sailors, too? Well, you oh, ever... my God. Do the pigs go and fix the, the flag? I know it's... You want the plank? Oink, oink. They weren't... Ah, oh, man. Pigs are not pirates, first of all. They're, they're, they're not. Know. They can't make the choice to break the rules of society. They no. are pigs. They don't I know. would bring chickens. Um, but if you listen to, if you remember, I know two weeks ago is a long time for you. <laughs> it actually is. But when we, when the first, the Buccaneers, when they were going the to the various islands, the way yeah. they got to know, they became known as the Buccaneers is because they would bring pigs with them to create little pig farms. And that's where they, the term Buccaneers came from because it was them making them into pork jerky. Hmm. You know, one of them was having sex with them pigs. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is about the pigs is that these people are stealing from merchant ships mm. because boars are native to North America, but oh. pigs are not native to North America. So these are people that are bringing pigs over to North America for the first time. I don't know. I've met a lot of boring people over in the UK. There we go. He's on fire. Yes. Wow. I am. I have a fever. I just wasn't expecting pigs to be involved on the ships, but all right. Very good to know. Well, by the end of the capture, the captain and crew were let go without incident, but had fearsome news to report to anyone thinking about standing up to Blackbeard. By this time, Blackbeard had three vessels, two ships and a sloop. And by the captured captain's estimate, there were no less than three Hundred pirates yeah, spread across Blackbeard's fleet. No, Woo! it was fucking. He had a big crew, and yeah. that's what they were also saying um, th th that he had more crew 
than a lot of the military boats mm. that were out there that were supposed to police him. It was mm. like the gang was bigger than the police, and right. also the gang was nicer than the police. Yeah, but the gang also wasn't as well-trained as the police. Yes. Because that's the thing is that they, what we said last episode is that a Navy could fire three shots yeah. to every to Blackbeard's every two. Now, yeah. do the police also have pigs on their boats? Because wouldn't that be redundant? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> finally, yes. Woo! Well, furthermore, Blackbeard's flagship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, held a menacing amount of firepower. This ship had no less than 36 guns at the ready, making it one of the largest warships in America, pirate or navy. But as far as Blackbeard's crew went, perhaps the most effective and infamous lieutenant was a former African chieftain whose real name is lost to history. But amongst pirates and legit seamen alike, he was known as... As Black Caesar. Yeah, man. Cool. He's fascinating. And he was incredible in um that I watched this amazing documentary. Uh it was just called Pirates. Um, and it was just yeah. it was <laughs> wow, it was yeah. graphic. Was it <laughs> Pirates? Was it by any chance Pirates Triple X or Oh yes, or, yes, because yes. I thought it meant for the alcohol. Or was it this ain't Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean? Is no, I know that one. Okay. That's pornography. Yeah. What I watched yes. was real and actually was more of a found footage film. And Black Caesar is really heavily featured. Really? In <laughs> I love Gate Pirates. Also Lost to History. That'll be the first name of my son. Yeah. Lost to History Kissel. <laughs> Well, Black Caesar had spent years escaping the clutches of slavers during his time as a chieftain. To give a little bit of backstory on Black Caesar. I love this guy. This character, he's so interesting. But greed was Caesar's Achilles heel. He and 20 of his men were tricked into boarding a ship in Africa that was said to contain treasure. But when the men boarded, the ship suddenly left the harbor and Black Caesar and his men found themselves suddenly surrounded by pistol-toting slavers. I'm getting too old for this shit. (laughs) Horrible. After setting sail for the West Indies, where Black Caesar and his men were supposed to have been sold into slavery, the ship was suddenly caught in the throes of a hurricane off (gasps) off the coast of Florida. It's fucking Gaia freed him, dude. Yeah. But during the voyage prior to the storm, Black Caesar had made friends with one of the white crew members. So during the chaos, the two new buddies loaded a longboat with supplies and ammunition and escaped, making them the only survivors. Oh my God, it's like the Green Book. We can all learn from them. They're going to win an Oscar. (laughs) But why is it real? I guess that this is a question. SideStoriesLPOTL at gmail.com. If you're a historian and knows anything about this time period, I'd really want to know why are there so many more instances, or maybe it's because we're in this context, of pirates being fucking nice to people yeah. like, and, and having compassion and doing these things where I know a lot of it was for selfish reasons. It's all about what made you money and what helped you out in the end. But also, sure. like, in the end, it's like, well, it works. You know, I'm going to tell you, if you do something nice for selfish reasons, fine. Yeah. Sure. Just do something nice. But this guy wasn't a pirate. He was a slaver. Not oh, yet. oh, yeah. I mean, hey. again, yeah. yeah, he's worse. Yeah, yeah much worse. <laughs> Now, a longboat was certainly larger than a rowboat, something more akin to the Viking ships of yore. So it was indeed a viable means of aquatic transportation. As such, Caesar and his friend, whose name has again been lost to time. It's Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) They began their pirate career almost immediately. From the shore, they would pretend that their longboat was shipwrecked and flag down passing ships. But when the ships got close enough, Caesar and his partner would attack. All right, Jerry, listen to me, Rhett. Yeah. You run around in a circle screaming, help, 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 help. And then I'll say, hey, hey, as you can see, we need some help. Help. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) 
Working out of the Florida Keys, this scam kept Caesar going for years. And while, as we said, many pirates did not bury their treasure, Caesar and his friend did indeed bury much of their booty from this time period for safekeeping, mostly on Elliot Key. The thing about pirates, man, is that like, how do they remember? Where it is? Yeah. X marks the spot, dude. What? Yeah, but there's so many X's and then at (laughs) some point. I, I saw a thing where they said that that... The concept of the treasure map mm-hmm. is also not real. That yeah. there was never a map that they just kind of like, I think it's this lump. <laughs> is it this lump? Like, oh, that's where I buried Jerry number one. <laughs> However, speaking of which, the partnership between Caesar and his former slaver disintegrated when the two got into a fight over a woman that had been captured in a raid. Every time. And during a standard argument-settling pirate duel... Caesar shot and killed his partner. Damn. Which I also, because we got good responses about people talking about the the, uh, pistols at the time, they're incredibly inaccurate. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it usually did end in the swords. But hey, Black Caesar at this time did end up putting a bullet in that guy's fucking skull. He must have been so happy. Yeah, Yeah, he got one. (laughs) Unfettered. Caesar then began gathering his own pirate crew and captured his own vessel, setting up a base on a small island still called Black Caesar Rock in the Florida Keys, where he supposedly had a harem of over a hundred women. That's too many. Honestly, That's a lot. I I have my wife, <laughs> and even that, just pleasuring one woman is is it's a job, and and you had to really attach yourself. I mean, according to her, she says it's almost impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a lot of ladies. I mean, think about it, the food. Yeah, the hundred of them. The charger plates, and you know everything has to be so fancy. Oh, I understand what's going on. It's supposedly a hundred women. Oh, I'm going to say twenty at most. All right, hey, yeah. kind of go the Wilt Chamberlain rule. We'll yeah. exaggerate a little bit. And, and also, they were prisoners. Yeah, but let's oh. let's also remember. Yeah, they were not. They did not choose to go to Black Caesar Rock. <laughs> yeah, harem harem might not be the right word for that. Like it might just be like I don't know, but what what's his name? An Ariel Castro Island. As well. <laughs> well, now like, that it's in that context. Yeah. It's not a Margaritaville. They don't want to be there. <laughs> well, from there, Caesar continued the pirate life for a full decade as a captain, but finally joined up with Blackbeard's forces aboard the Queen Anne's Revenge in either 1717 or 1718. Yes. Right near the end. Oh, yeah. And Black Caesar remained Blackbeard's trusty lieutenant until it all fell apart. <gasps> Now, as far as how pirates found, attacked, and boarded ships, they didn't just wander the seas hoping to come across a ship worth raiding. It was incredibly difficult to find another ship on the open seas. The Atlantic Ocean is very large. It's peak. Wait, what? (laughs) Usually, pirates would stick to shipping bottlenecks or major trade routes, where meeting a merchant ship was almost guaranteed. There were also tales of ships, and also, like, we have regular flights these days. There would be regular, like, Booty Departures lines, and booty, like lines. Yeah. booty lines, <laughs> where you would like, you know, where they would take the various. It's the trade routes, yeah, so you, right. they know that a specific ship was almost like, well, that's the one that holds all the sugar. There's some rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, and each of these pirates also had territory. Mm. Like for example, Blackbeard's territory was huge. It ran from the Bahamas up to Delaware. Wow. And the whole thing ran in this like irregular circle that followed the wind patterns at sea. And a pirate, an experienced pirate knew how to exploit those wind patterns. What? Which ships would be where and when to meet them because it's like, you know, yeah. it's June. So the wind is going to be blowing from a southeasterly direction at, you know, such and such. You know, usually looking at the past, you know, and able to, I don't know much about I don't wind. Know. But Absolutely. But my you know, Google Maps. I might just be making that up, but it sounds right. It, it sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. I was in Palm Springs and my Google Maps went down and I was lost for two 
hours, <laughs> and the city's only like five miles wide. Well, yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's the other thing too is that these guys were working; they were navigating using something called dead reckoning, uh, where they didn't actually know for sure exactly where they were going. It was a fair amount of guesswork, and if they made like navigational errors, would compound on each other. Like one oh, would yeah. compound on the next, compound on the next, and before they knew it, they would have no idea where they were. They would be hundreds of miles from where they actually thought they like were. Like an aquatic Donner party. It's yeah. actually very symbolic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, once a pirate captain found a victim ship, they made sure that it took as long as possible for the other captain to realize that a pirate ship was fast approaching. Mm. In addition to the painted canvas and crowded deck strategies we spoke of last week, pirates also made great use of flags. Masculine. <laughs> <laughs> now, a pirate would often use a literal false flag. Okay, whoa. Okay. To the- Fox, Fox, <laughs> no, this, look at the documents. That's not a pirate ship, folks. No, Definitely this, not. Yeah, this is a false flag. These false flags would lure the ship into attack range, usually by flying the same flag that the other ship was flying to lure them into a false sense of security. Mm. If you're both flying, you know, the Union Jack, then you're going to stop and you're going to say hello. Because that's when ships of similar flags would meet each other at sea, they would stop, they would trade news, they would say, hey, I got a couple of pigs, you got a couple of cattle, let's trade. Yeah, and they'd sway, they would do all that shit. It's because you have to take care of each other Mm -hmm. in the open ocean. It's like you with your MUFON lanyard, when you see somebody else with a MUFON lanyard and you kiss lanyards and you say, oh my God, what number are you? Um, oh, you're number two, I'm number three. Most ufologists are actually highly contentious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're actually very difficult to get along with. Not <laughs> me. I'm one of the good ones. Much like the pirates. Yeah. Then once the pirate ship was close enough to put up either a fight or a chase, the pirate ship would lower the false flag and hoist either the black flag or the Jolly Roger skull and crossbones. Darr, we gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. But at some point, this doesn't happen very quickly. So they see the flag lower and be like, oh, man, you can't trust anybody out here. God dang it, man. Get the other damn flag. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Unfold it. Actually, the Jolly Roger. Do you know where Jolly Roger comes from? No. It's, uh, it is comes from the French words for very red. No uh, shit. Oh, like, Jolie Rouge. Yeah, Jolie Rouge, which became Jolly Roger. Did okay. you know that Alcatraz means pelican? <laughs> you know, you're yeah. off the show. I'm actually kicking you off the show. Buccaneers uh, uh, uh. means jerky makers. <laughs> Then, after the pirates hoisted their Jolly Roger or their black flag, they would bring out their speaking trumpet. And, <laughs> it's and, fucking awesome, man. Yeah. They call them on a phone. Yeah, and yell demands at the other ship until the other ship decided to fight or give up. Call me now. <laughs> uh, concerning flags, a lot of information could be conveyed by just a single symbol. And many pirates even had their own custom flags that conveyed the correct sense of menace to the other ship and to let the other ship know who they were dealing with. Well, mm. A lot of pirates had, for lack of a better word, a brand. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. The, depending mm. on who you were up against, because it was Captain Vale. I think that dude was like he was known as like he'll kill you. Like one of them was like super, super dangerous. We'll get to that one in a second. He actually had a flag named after him. It's but we'll get sweet. to that in a second. Cool. And then, I actually and I was incorrect. Captain Morgan was Henry Morgan, the original was. privateer. It was that. All it right. was the rum man. All right. Well, in Blackbeard's case, his flag showed a skeleton toasting the devil and piercing a heart with a spear. <laughs> It's fucking sweet. It's dog. a little busy. Man, I like ornate. <laughs> it's, a, 
It's awesome. It's fucking sweet. It's but, cool. Yeah. But how are you going to tell from far away what the fuck that is? You just go like, well, there's a lot of detail on that. God, <laughs> fuck, it's Blackbeard. Oh, no. But outside of Blackbeard's custom-made flag, there were quite a few symbols that were universal to mariners in the 18th century. While a skull and bones meant death, Ooh. a bleeding heart meant slow painful death. Do you mean in the midterms? <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire, folks. False flag, folks. I have 105 fever. <laughs> Sadly, I would think the bleeding heart would mean they're empathetic or sympathetic, but I they're guess pirates. that's not the case. They're pirates. Okay. Well, even worse than that was a flag called the Edward Lowe, named after the pirate we talked about last week who made men eat their own roasted lips. Mm. I was literally going to make a joke about how that's the ship where everyone can suck their own dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of was true. Well, the Edward Lowe was a red skeleton, which meant torment with eventual death. Yes. So every flag is worse than the last, and the best flag is the skull and bones. Yes, yes. that's the normal one. That's where they Great. just kill you, or they act like they're going to just kill yeah. you. But also, I would love to find out how they don't know what that flag means until they've all been tortured to death. Ah. And it's like, while they're getting tortured, they're like, that's what the flag means. <laughs> I get that now. You know, that is funny. I guess the only way anyone would know that it meant torch with eventual death was if they, one person was left alive to tell the tale. Yes. Well, and they it just would do that. Spread. Yeah. They would do that often. Blackbeard yeah. a lot of times would go be like, tell them what I've done. Yeah. And, but Blackbeard also them. didn't usually kill people. I know. He's but, very smart. Yeah. I really thought this was going to be the ship where you all suck your own dicks, but I guess I'm just going <laughs> to sit here with this thing on my asshole. I don't know why I stretch so much. Actually, I'm going to kind of get to something kind of like the ship cool. of the pirates who suck their own yes. dicks. Yes. Before we get to that, an hourglass symbol, that meant that time was running out to make. Make a decision. Sure. Weapons meant that a fight was about to happen. Cool. And a horned skeleton simply meant Satan. Satan. Which, <laughs> wait, wait. which it's up to interpretation. Like, I, what do you I, think Satan means? I don't know. Evil. Yeah. You mean we evil? Perhaps the most interesting flag, though, was the nude pirate. Oh. oh, look at the winky on that guy. Look at me. <laughs> Hello. That meant that the other ship was faced with a boatload of pirates who had no shame, which, again, was a message left up to interpretation. We fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. It's like, oh, shit, it's the goddamn pirates of Penzance. <laughs> but even if a ship chose to do battle, which they rarely did, they would be met with fearsome firepower, even if the pirates manning the cannons weren't always the most adept at warfare. I feel like that almost makes you obviously not more dangerous, but more difficult to approach. Like mm -hmm. the idea of like, well... They can't hit us from here, but they're just going to start shooting all of their guns and throwing shit up here as as soon as they are within reach. Yeah. Right. Well, they know how to use their guns. Oh, yeah. You know, they definitely do. But it's like maybe the best way to put it, it's like if you have like a cartel gang versus an army. Yes. Like, you know, it's still going to be a rough fight. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even, even if the cartel isn't trained like a military is, like it's people are going to die. Definitely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, typical cannons on pirate ships. These are, And it's funny. The cannons on pirate ships are called minions. Oh, banana! Oh. You remember that? <laughs> I hate minions. I fucking hate minions. Well, minions fired four to 12 pound balls that had a, an effective range of a thousand yards. Wow. And that's if you were just looking to scare the other ship. That's the so-called warning shot. Yeah. Mm. Ac shot across the bow. Yeah. And if you wanted to bring down a mast or pierce the hull, the range went down to 500 yards, which is still pretty damn far. Yeah. That's five foot. Like that's taking down a mast at 500 yards. That's scary. Yeah. But once the pirate ship got into close range, they would add grape shot, also known as diced shot. Or Legrand. Legrand. Nice. And then, of course, there's one guy, Harry, who can jerk off so goddamn fast, he'll come all over that ship. 
And that's Harry, a, it's best you stay on the boat while we do the rain. It's a moral victory. Just watch over the stores of grain, if you would. And actually, and face away from it. <laughs> a grape shot was fired from swivel guns. Those were three and a half foot mini cannons that discharged a mixture of musket balls, old nails, and scrap iron that yes. ripped men to shreds without damaging the other ship. It's fucking sweet. I mean, yeah. fuck up the sails. Oh, yeah. But It'd the other ship the would sails, be fine. And then it would fuck up all the people on the, on the rim. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I don't want to die like that. But if the other ship needed to be disabled, pirates could use chain shot. I thought that this was only in the movies. Yeah. No, chain shot was comprised of two balls linked together by a rod that would spin through the air with the purpose of knocking down the mast or cutting the rigging. Cool. And if a man got caught in a chain shot's path, it was likely to cut him in half. Whoa. It's like Rambo. Yeah, man. It's fucking sweet. And once the pirates got even closer to the other ship... They'd bring out the Grenados. Yeah, oh. these are fucking gnarly. I yeah. can't even, this is the idea of, I would be very nervous. I used to yeah. get slammed after uh, off of those, those Mickey's Grenados. Oh, crack oh, those up, oh, malt yeah, liquor. Yeah. Yeah. They were basically a combination of a grenade and a stick of dynamite. <laughs> these were hollow cast iron spheres filled with gunpowder and plugged with by a stopper through which a saltpeter fuse would be threaded within. Masculine. Other grenados were <laughs> other grenados were made from glass and filled with scrap metal, designed to ignite upon impact. Kind of like it's like a combination of dynamite and Molotov cocktail. Yeah. So sweet and yeah. so un very unstable, yeah. unpleasant to be hit with. Yes, but no matter which grenado was used, the pirate would light the fuse, throw the grenado, and watch as it exploded on the other ship's deck in a hail of iron shrapnel. Whoa! And that was Blackbeard's favorite. I yeah. believe it. Once the pirate was ready to board, though, the grenados would be put away and a final round of grape shot would be fired to create more chaos and, importantly, a lot of smoke. They also used smoke bombs at the time period, which was they were filled with gunpowder and then extra sulfur. Yeah. So they mm. would throw these things onto the decks and it would create giant orange fart clouds huh. that you'd have to fight through. Mm -hmm. Like, it would just be fucking kind of cool, man. Yeah. Become stinky, man. Extra stinky. <laughs> Extra stinky, man. However, if the other ship was putting up a fight, it was likely they also had swivel cannons filled with grape shot. Mm. See, grape shot was effective, but not at long range. So if you fired it too soon, you wouldn't have time to load another round before the other ship fired theirs. Mm. Fire yours too late, and the other ship has already shredded your crew. So part of a pirate captain's instinct was knowing the precise moment to fire. They did. They described it as like you were essentially playing a game of chicken every single time. And anybody who's tried to make a child knows what that's all about. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to get it in, pump just right, stop smoking weed for a week. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Once pirates got close enough, though, and after the grape shot was over and done with, it was time to board. The pirates would toss over grappling hooks, not just to swing aboard, but to pull the vessel closer so more pirates could jump across. This is some Batman Yar! stuff. <laughs> the pirates would then swing and jump through the smoke created by the grenados and the grape shot, screaming and yelling curses as loud as they could in a final attempt at intimidation. Ass! Cock sucking motherfucking cunt! Ah, yes. We, we've uh, we've uh, attacked the turret boat. <laughs> but if the other ship was set on a fight, then the melee began. Whoa, Come on. Ooh, masculine. Vistacuffs. Yeah, that's what we like. That's yeah. where we're dominant. Ooh, boys being boys. The deck turned into a floating battlefield with muskets, 
blunderbusses, single-shot pistols, swords, ah. axes, and especially cutlasses ah. being the weapons of choice. Does anybody have a band-aid? <laughs> it's like Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. Live from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. <laughs> Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And yes. three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. 
Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, the cutlass was certainly the pirate's favorite sword. You know, it's the big curve. It's the curved sword. The reason why pirates like that, as opposed to just regular broadswords or just straight swords, was because cutlasses were light enough to jump from ship to ship with and small enough for the inevitable close quarters battle. They're also great for the theater. Yeah. They they are. But once the pirates boarded, the bloody fight would continue until either surrender or death. And to the victor went the spoils. Yeah. (laughs) May I ask, what are the pigs doing this whole time? They are screaming. Screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have that on my 1817 pig bingo card. I want to be a pirate now, too. (laughs) Oh, I'm a pig. Blackbeard, however, only fought one close quarters battle as far as we know prior to his last stand because Blackbeard was better than any other pirate at knowing how to choose his victims, how to approach them, and most importantly, how to intimidate them. And the more I read about Blackbeard, the more I really began to see, like, because at first I was like, we, I had seen that as a general note about Blackbeard. He was a master strategist. And I always kind of thought, like, sure, or whatever. Like, well, that can't what be that. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you you really start, every historian says, like, the, all, of the, all of the data, all of the other pirates and the enforcers at the time all had the same thing to say. Just mm-hmm. being like, he was the best quote unquote field general of anybody else at the time period. Yeah. And they, so, they, he just was truly like a modern person born in that time period, which we've talked about on many of our history episodes where mm-hmm. he just kind of saw through the nonsense in a way that was very useful, especially because you have a bunch of other like essentially primitive morons. And then all of a sudden he's, he's the only one born with like a modern mind that yeah. knows how to like game the system. I wish he was president during Vietnam. I don't think we would have gotten into that war. I still don't think that he should have been president. Well, Not during a yeah. deeply complicated, like, um, uh, I'm just sec- saying. He, he sec- had- Secretary of State. Let's put him in Secretary sure, of State. Sure, sure, yeah. He showed sure, restraint sure. unlike McNamara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, let's just replace Kissinger with Blackbeard. Black- oh, yeah. oh, what we need to do is we get our hooks and we raise the flag. And they're all like, it's just. How is this a proxy? Just Kissinger's skin. Still alive, by the way. Yeah, still alive. No justice. But maybe because Blackbeard went for quantity over quality. Because Blackbeard never went for a sh- He never went for a fight. He didn't know he could win. He came up empty fairly often and would demand a token, quote unquote, donation of food and drink if the other ship had nothing worth stealing. They also have a a common clause in the articles of piracy and on being on a pirate boat, which is if you got a thousand bucks, whatever it was, like a thousand pounds or whatever gold or whatever, that's when you're allowed to finally leave. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's supposed to stay on that boat until Mm. you hit a certain level. So Blackbeard would always kind of have that in mind, too, of like, we'll just kind of keep these levels going. Eventually, we'll get enough to stop. Yeah. In a situation like this, when the other boat had nothing, the pirates would often give something back to the other ship to almost pretend like no piracy had been attempted at all. And the two captains had instead merely just said, hello. It's very hell's (laughs) angels of them. Yeah, it is. Now, from the description that I just gave, piracy was obviously a dangerous job, even when you were just filling out the basic duties of being a pirate. Being on a boat is hard. Yeah, Yeah, it is. But when it came to battling it out on the high seas, pirates also had to contend 
with the British Royal Navy. Mm. If you'll remember, the British were doing everything they could to strangle the Atlantic of the pirate scourge by 1718, even if their forces were worn thin, and bounties on pirates were growing ever higher. And so, like his mentor Benjamin Hornigold before him, Blackbeard saw that the retired pirate's life might not be all that bad of an idea. Well, yeah, Black Caesar's telling him, like, just being like, you know, I've been, fu- I fucked on an island for a year. Yeah. Like, we could do a lot of shit, but <laughs> we don't so have to just do this. <laughs> Absolutely. So Blackbeard formulated a plan to obtain one of those pardons in North Carolina, where pirates weren't so looked down upon, accounting to the fact that North Carolina was so underdeveloped at this time that it didn't have much to steal. In fact, North Carolina was even a bit pirate friendly because its people were more willing to buy stolen goods. I have a question hmm. no one has pictures right mm-hmm. just shave your beard <laughs> like why he wants he... because he wants to be notorious so he, yeah, wants, he wants to, to be, come back if he just truly wanted to retire right get yourself a crew cut get usual suspects you know just pretend to be somebody else he could have just done that kissel i don't think he really wanted to retire yeah what oh, you're gonna find oh, out is that it's a lot okay. of talk we all talk about this we all yeah. fantasize we're like one day we won't have any work to do and then all of a sudden i, I that's either when you walk to the end of a dock and blow your fucking brains out mm-hmm. right or you end up doing like you end up on alt-right television <laughs> or you i don't know what else happens to you like you have to never that's why I never retire never yeah, no. even float the retire just say like i'm not working right now and then slowly die no it makes you endlessly depressed when you don't work even though when you're working, you're endlessly depressed. Oh, it's, great. Well. it's a great cycle. <laughs> the only problem that Blackbeard had with retiring was what to do with his ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Because at this point, like, I mean, the Queen Anne's Revenge was well over a hundred feet. It was a third of a football field long. It was huge. Huge. And it was riddled with guns. It was obviously a pirate ship through and through. Hey, I have an idea, though. Okay, listen, Captain. What if we put a big of a salsa, we need a salsa station over here? Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. And then we go over here. We have the margarita machine. Yes. Right? Or a whole cascade, different colors, blue and yellow and red. Sweet. All right. We have in here in the middle. That's where the girdles go. Chocolate fountain. Yeah, all right. Sweet. I, I have problems with lax, lactose, but that's fine with me. All right. And all and the pigs can be our waiters. <laughs> I'm I'm actually, uh, I want to go back to being a pirate. Okay. <laughs> but instead of just say like selling the Queen's and, Queen Anne's Revenge to another pirate, giving it away, or just abandoning it, Blackbeard decided that if he couldn't have it, no one could. Yeah. Okay. So Blackbeard decided he would shipwreck the Queen Anne's Revenge at Topsail Inlet in North Carolina and just sort of leave it there. Only thing was, he didn't tell anyone. Any of his crew, except for his helmsman, that this is what he was going to do. <laughs> Send a memo out on that one. Because well, there's some historians that could, their conjecture is that, well, there's no way he would have purposely shipwrecked the Queen Anne's Revenge because it was so important to him, especially anybody that was, uh, you know, as you could, I think anybody that you know who uh, has a boat, like, they could fuck it, yeah. If you if you'd let them, like they right. would. That's why they're always named after a lady or if there's something they're attracted to because they would literally fuck their boat. But that's why there's. But Blackbeard always knew what he was doing. Yeah. If I had a boat, I'd call it the SS Oink Oink. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Blackbeard's command, the Queen Anne's Revenge, leading Blackbeard's other two ships, raced into the inlet and, without warning, veered starboard. And ran aground with enough force to shatter the mainmast. This was not, I do not, Blackbeard would not have done this. Yeah. He absolutely would not have done this at all unless he was doing it on purpose. Okay. 
And upon trying to pull the Queen Anne's Revenge back to deeper waters, Blackbeard's other ship, the Adventure, damaged the Queen Anne's Revenge's keel. And mm. that's, you kill a boat. Like, okay. damaging a boat's keel is like exploding someone's heart. Cool. It's done. Okay. But the Adventure also shipwrecked itself in the process. Fantastic. Well, all of this is really sliding out of my control. <laughs> it really seems that way. Masculine. Masculine. The only ship left was the Revenge, which was, at that time, still being quote-unquote captained by poor old Steed Bonnet. Oh. <laughs> shortly before his relationship with Blackbeard soured, and shortly before he was hanged for piracy in Charleston. I know now a little bit more about the show Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Um, it is obviously, it seems to be a very sweet relationship between Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet, and... um. That's not how it ends. No. So I don't know if in the show they're going to talk about this, but I don't know what was soured between them. Like it could have literally just been him destroying his own boats in front of everybody and then marooning half the crew, which he then did. That he all left like, them on an island. That could be part of that. Yeah. They didn't leave them on an island. They were left on a beach in North Carolina. Yeah, but they were, yeah. you know, but still classically marooned. Mm -hmm. You don't quite know how you're, where the hell yeah, you're going to go. Where yeah, you're it's not do. like you can take a bus to Charlotte. Like yeah, it's you, 17, 18 North Carolina. It's just right. the wilderness. You're there. It's still beautiful. It's Myrtle Beach, but you are not <laughs> experiencing it with the, the caddies. And, no. And the little the no. Cards no, but he, uh, I think it might have to do with Blackbeard's hygiene. You think so? When it comes down to it, it's like it's sometimes really? it shows consideration uh, that if you're going yeah. to, because you don't think the fucking curtains match the drapes, <laughs> he even got down there and he was, he was like, oh, are you didn't get the only Blackbeard, someone on top. <laughs> and he goes down and just, and eventually Steed's probably like, Listen, all of this is fun and games. Yes, we're dirty, stinky, bad boy bad pirates. Boys, yeah. But um, I'm going to need you to snip it up a little bit. Yeah, sure. Could be. Do you think he had little ribbons on his pubic hair? That's what then? I would do. Yeah. Okay. Well, he had ribbons everywhere else. All if right. I could make my bush hair thicker, I would, because it's actually incredibly thin and wiry. Well, huh. we have the curse of the red bush, which yes. means uh, you can see right through it. Masculine. masculine. Mine's too thick. Which Congrats. is weird because I have hair nowhere else. Isn't that Bragging. strange? <laughs> it's Bragging. just for, I'm like a satyr from the waist down. I'm proud of you, though. Thank you. I love it. It's weird. Um, but as, <laughs> but as, we're, as I'm about to get into, like, I don't know if Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet ever really had, like, that close of a relationship. You or at least. I can't believe that. Uh, no. Yeah. They're my favorite ship. <laughs> that's called, that's what their kids call. Yeah. Is that right? Relationship. Yeah. Well, Blackbeard knew that the royal pardon concerning pirate crime only applied to offenses committed before January of 1718. And Blackbeard had committed plenty of crimes since mm -hmm. then. But it's not like there was surveillance footage out on the high seas. Right. So Blackbeard <laughs> thought that he could maybe fudge it. Although he knew there was a chance his story wouldn't hold. An over six foot tall, obvious pirate. It's Blackbeard. It's literally <laughs> the person that if you imagine a pirate, it's Blackbeard. Right. And just imagining him being like, I think it's time for me to go legit. Yeah. All I got to do is somehow not be me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I get into tap dancing. Oh, yeah. I invented the milkshake. That's fantastic. So to test the pardon waters, Blackbeard made Steed Bonnet go first, even though Steed could have been hanged for the same pirate crimes for which Blackbeard was trying to get pardoned. No, you go first. No, yeah. no, no. I don't want... No, you do. I would be... Steed, I would... you told me how much you love North Carolina. <laughs> Please. And I Please. say, go get a crack at her and tell me how it is. <laughs> But as it turned out, the royal governor of North Carolina, Charles Eden, was all too happy to grant a pardon. Because Charles Eden, 
He had some dealings with pirates here and there. Okay. The, this is where it really gets into politics. There's some politics that go on because Charles Eaton, that, that little area where they went was the pirates all showed up and they didn't know whether or not they were going to get the pardon. But he saw two things. He's like, number one, he's like, okay, there was this, they, it was something like 20 people were in this town and they had no protection. It's from, called Bath Town. Yes. Ooh. They had no protection from the royal like army or any of that kind of shit. So he's like, oh, he's like, any of that shit, but like, like no attachment from the motherland, right? right? And so he's like, okay, listen, there's a hundred guys with guns. If I actually allow them to come and hang out, they can protect us. And they can actually, they'll literally come and they triple our population. Like they make it so like they can build houses, they can farm, they okay. can do all these things. It's like what you need, especially in Sim City 2000. I mean, <laughs> hell, they're better than Blackwater. At least they're building stuff, not just destroying lives. Wow, they're not political. Build, they're not building stuff. They're, they're a bunch not. of stinking fucking pirates. Whoa, all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. someone who smells can't build something. <laughs> oink, oink. But uh, yeah, no, it would be a, a, a liability. Yes, yeah. they're pirates. Yeah, I would love to have pirates working on my house. You wouldn't. <laughs> well, Steed Bonnet, he decided then and there to take the pardon. Oh, okay. Like, All right, cool. Take it. Because he, under the conditions of the pardon, he would become a legal privateer under contract with the Dutch. Fantastic. But much to Steed Bonnet's detriment, Blackbeard had plans within plans. He always does. Yeah. Wow. While Bonnet was gone, Blackbeard looted Bonnet's ship. And Blackbeard invited his entire crew of 300 men to drink their way through all of the liquor that could be salvaged from the Queen Anne's Revenge and the adventure. This is why they're not a useful force <laughs> within a structured town. What yeah. do you mean? Because they are truly, like, why we know them to be as they are. Pirates are a chaotic group. Yeah. Don't trust a skinny chef. Don't trust a short basketball player. And don't, don't shut up. Don't trust a pirate contractor. <laughs> well, I mean, I I was going to say don't trust someone who works construction that's sober. Uh, no. Oh my God. Are you, Jesus Christ. People working at my house right now, they're getting hammered. Yeah, I see him doing it all the time. Kissel has that's a really, landscaping. He truly has an interesting <laughs> relationship with his super. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my that landscaper. Is, that's def I mean, landscaping is one thing, but man, I do. I mean, well, actually when I used to do construction, all the guy, all the drywall guys were on meth, like all the time. That so, knows I trust. Yeah. Point <laughs> yeah. proven. Yeah. Three, yeah, did drywall the whole fucking juvenile detention center in three days. Oh, was, man. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun, the, the summer of 2000. Right. Well, we, could, we could build Fuck a yeah, high let's school. let's throw out all these fucking soiled baby cradles. Yeah. And they also watched really fucking awful hardcore pornography on the lunch breaks. Whatever gets the work done. First I time guess. I ever saw the Bloomin' Onion while eating a fucking turkey sandwich. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, well, I would just eat the blooming onion over the turkey sandwich. But... No, you know what a blooming onion is. Oh yeah. You do, just... do you know what a blooming onion is? I'm the... currently sitting on one. The... <laughs> I'm just going to look it up. I'm going to put an incognito the blooming uh, yeah. onion. <laughs> it's asshole. Not a show. Asshole. Pro. Oh, it's, if you just do blooming onion. Yeah. Look, it is an Urban Dictionary. It's a. It's when a male female sticks her fist up a broad's vagina. It says opens their hand and gives the finger a wiggle. No, that's not. No, that's not it. No, what I what I saw was a woman who could prolapse her own anus to where it actually turned inside out. Um, yeah. I think that the Blooming Onion is being shadow banned it really by is. Outback. <laughs> it's all Blooming Onions and then uh. somehow Funyuns stuck yeah. in there. Well, I don't know if it's officially called the Blooming Onion. That's just what me and my buddy called it. Spear 
virtually I know what it is. Yeah. Purple rose, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. The old the fun cushion, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Well, back to the back to the beach. Thank you. Back to Blackbeard. Thank you. You're right. You're Once the pirates were all drunk enough to not notice what was going on, Blackbeard and about 20 or 30 of his most trusted men loaded up in a small sloop and abandoned the rest of the crew to their fates. All right. Weave bye-bye to the morons. Wow. <laughs> Now, once Bonnet came back to find that Blackbeard had robbed him, he forgot all about his pardon and swore revenge. I will have my revenge! Whoa! <laughs> it's clear. Along with 80 other pirates who were also a bit perturbed about being left on a beach in North Carolina. Yeah. So these pirates swore vengeance upon Blackbeard and renamed their ship from the Revenge to the Royal James, Weird. which is somewhat of a puzzling choice, seeing how their entire mission was now quite literally revenge. Yeah, I, it does seem to be now. I feel like that could have been a discussion on the thing where they're all like, but we're already called the Revenge. Yeah. You're like, but the Royal James... It's a fun neutral. Yeah. It is. Also, the Royal James, another name for the Bloomin' Onion, <laughs> a.k.a. A the ripped out pillow. asshole. Yeah. Ripped yeah. out asshole. Yeah. Life from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Reynolds Wrap. Reynolds Wrap. Potato wedges? Wedges. Olive oil? Salt. Mwah. Well done, hon. Well done, chef. Right. With Reynolds Wrap, cooking becomes so easy, you can feel like the chef of your kitchen. Easy prep, easy cook, easy clean. Reynolds Wrap. But Steed Bonnet would not cross paths with Blackbeard again. After the pirate crew had a stern conversation with their quote-unquote captain, mm. the hunt for Blackbeard was abandoned and Bonnet returned to piracy, if ever so briefly. I feel like it's, I think that they realized like who they were going to go try to get revenge on. Mm -hmm. Who right. was Blackbeard. Yeah. Who was well, probably I think one they of the, sobered up. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. he's like a good at pirate. Yeah. Like, he's really he's good. good at it. Yeah. And Steed, love ya. <laughs> love right. your energy, love right. your enthusiasm. You just aren't like the guy. He made you. I'm saying Steed again, Captain Steed. Just not speaking out of pocket here. Blackbeard just let you wear a hat for like two years. Yeah, right, right. It's kind of like when John Starks picked on Michael Jordan. And yes, I do support John Starks, but at the same time, you just don't want to anger Michael. No, Jordan. No, 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 because then he no. takes it personal. Takes it no. personally. After capturing a few ships, shortly after parting ways with Blackbeard and sustaining damage in the process, Steed Bonnet and his crew sailed into Cape Fear to repair their ship, and it was there that Bonnet's career as a pirate came to a bloody end. Not in a beautiful place like Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we talked about last episode. He was captured. He begged for his life. His okay. fucking, his his execution was stayed seven times. Because yeah. I forgot to mention, he also represented himself oh, yeah. in the trial. <laughs> so it was like seven times. My client is a genius. He's an incredible <laughs> dresser. He's only half the pirate Blackbeard was, which is why he should only get half the punishment. Yep. <laughs> but at the very same time that Bonnet was battling it out with the British, 
Blackbeard was partying his face off yeah. with the cruel Captain Charles Vane in a small pirate haven Blackbeard had created on Ocracoke Island. Yeah, man. Ooh. This is cool. It, it's like, again, this is the type of shit yeah. that shows that all the movies are real, yeah. man. Little pirates hanging out. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Blackbeard, like, they he ran into Charles Vane on the ocean. He's like, I just fucking abandoned everybody. We're going to go have a fucking party. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to hear. Yeah. God, it is a little bit fun. Yeah. Eventually, Blackbeard did go into Bathtown to speak with Governor Eden. And eventually, Blackbeard convinced Eden that he was a changed man who wanted nothing more than to turn over a new leaf. All I want to be is not a pirate anymore. I don't want to take a woman. Ah, take a woman. Rape her. <laughs> Put her up in the top of the stocks. You're really... you got the booty and the yeah. and the big jugs of rum. I'm sorry, I... Mr. Mr. Beard. Um, you're doing a horrible job of representing yourself. It seems like you're still not over the pirate life. I don't know if I can give you a pardon or <laughs> say that you don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. So Governor Eden granted the pardon and Blackbeard attempted to set himself up as a legit member of the community in Bathtown. There, he reportedly took a wife, although reports on Blackbeard's married life are conflicting. Hmm. Yeah, I cannot imagine that was a great situation for any woman to be in. Some say that Blackbeard married a 16-year-old girl. Some say that he had 14 wives. That was a rumor. Yeah. And some say that he would invite his former shipmates into town to have sex with his wife while he watched. And that made him a real captain. I think it's just safe to say he took love advice too literally from Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, Blackbeard's life as Edward Teach of Bathtown only lasted two months before he returned to piracy of a sort. This the way, is a movie. Here's how I could explain this to Please. you. Let's say that Blackbeard is the Michael Jordan sure. of pirates. Sure. Well, best he, of the best. He retires. He gets bored. What does he do? He goes and plays for the Wizards. Well, he also played baseball for a little while. He also played baseball. And that was his marriage. All of a sudden, he is like, you know, I like baseball. I'm fine at it, but I'm the best at but, being basketball. Player. But he only played baseball because he was going to get busted for his inner gambling on the in the NBA. It's kind of a myth. <laughs> yeah, no bad. See, Blackbeard had taken the same legal privateering deal that Bonnet was supposed to take. And Governor Eden had actually given Blackbeard a sloop as a part of the royal pardon, which Blackbeard named the Adventure, his second ship of that name. And then you feel like the governor will be like, well, uh, no more thing. All right, you... Um, <laughs> He's British. He's no, very I know, British. I know, but it has to come from somewhere. This, this yeah, it has to come from somewhere. It's, uh, it sounds right to uh, me. I'm like, Listen now, uh, okay, now, so you're not a pirate anymore. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I gave you a boat, and um, you, like, named it the same name. <laughs> As your former pirate ship. Or mm -hmm. just for the nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> Very interesting. But from what I can tell, it seems like Blackbeard just sort of got bored, but mm -hmm. also wanted to hold on to his life in Bathtown. Or this could have been a part of a larger plan. He might have thought, like, maybe I can pass myself off as a legitimate businessman while also being a criminal. Or it might have been a plan where he's like, I'm just going to pretend like I'm a legitimate businessman, but I'm still going to be a pirate. Okay. There's there's so many layers to it because you know I feel like every, there's an ounce of each one of that that is true. Yeah. Or it's more like, have you ever seen the movie My Blue Heaven? Of yeah. Course. When it comes yeah. to them all in the witness relocation, when they're all getting the, the, they're all eating and shit. I think it's that too, where you're just like, 
I hate how this chair doesn't move. Mm-hmm. I'm used to standing and yelling. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the thing. It seems like when people come back from war, all their stories of war are that they hated it. But then when they're at home, they're like, I got to go back to war. It's scary. Yeah. Because it's. I guess it's just something you get used to. It's very difficult to live in the new in new life. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's very difficult. You have that survival instinct that like just never goes away. And it can make living a life pure hell for both you and the and it makes life difficult for the people around you oh, and yeah. that makes and that gives you guilt and you're like well if i go back to war then at least i won't have that guilt and then maybe oh, yeah, I'll, yeah it's, but then it's like you're not blackbeard anymore no one's shivering in fear at the sight of you you have yeah. to go to the grocery store you have <laughs> just to walk enjoy around. the grocery store yeah. well to that end blackbeard returned to raiding ships but tried to lie about where he got the goods he was selling to use a term more suited to the mob Blackbeard tried saying that all this stuff that he was suddenly selling just fell off the truck. It fell, fell off, off the, truck. the truck. Yeah. They got to start putting better locks and doors on, on trucks. these trucks. In his first and only attempt at this scam, Blackbeard attacked two French merchant ships sailing together. One ship manned but empty of cargo, the other manned but full of cocoa and sugar. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard made the crew of the cocoa ship move to the empty one, and Blackbeard's crew made off with both the cargo and the ship back to bathtub. Oh my god, if they run them into each other really quick, they have Nestle quick! Oh, that's cute! <laughs> Once there, Blackbeard told the governor that he just found an abandoned <laughs> ship full of cocoa and what? sugar unmanned in the middle of the sea. Just You're, sitting on a boat like it's just like full fuck. of cocoa and sugar. Like, you wouldn't believe it. They just left this out there. Do you believe that? Is that <laughs> illegal? That's crazy. So I was just doing my duty mm-hmm. as a near lawful citizen of North Carolina. <laughs> How is that illegal? Just make sure I'm sitting here. How is this a crime? <laughs> well, if Blackbeard had been telling the truth, then legally the ship would have been his. Wait, because what? Oh, yeah. acor- according to admiralty law, finders keepers. That's real sense. Yeah. That's actual <laughs> logic. If you find an abandoned ship on sea at the, in this time period, if you found an abandoned ship, then it was legally yours. I feel like this should happen today. You see those bait cars that they always well, have, finders keepers, losers, weepers. If you leave your car open with the door open and the keys in the ignition, it's my car. Well, mm-hmm. we do have that, what, possession is nine-tenths of the law? Like mm-hmm. that thing, yeah. It, it is, it, you're, you're correct. That's why the squatter's laws is really bad for people who manipulate them when they People can show up and take your home. That's Netflix document the series, the Netflix documentary series, World's Worst Roommate, was mm. one of the most harrowing things I have seen in a long fucking time. Mm, Someone yeah. can just go into your apartment while you're not there, and if they're long enough, it is very difficult to get it back. Dang. And even though it doesn't seem like this would help, when Blackbeard went to Charles Eden to tell this story, as his witnesses, he brought four of his pirates. <laughs> All of these guys can swear that I found this boat. What do you think, terrible Steve? <laughs> yeah, Blackbeard was just sitting around and we saw this. Oh, the boat was so lonely. It was crying. We had to occupy. Make it real hard on me to give you that pardon. <laughs> But since Eden presumably didn't want to lose face after he had pardoned the most famous pirate in the world. Come on! <laughs> and because Eden got a tidy share of both the cocoa and the sugar oh, under local law. Yeah, he knows how to do it. You just pay the vig. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing is that if you find that ship, then you take it to like the nearest British authority and you say like, hey, I found this ship. And then the locals get, they get like a cut, like the local government gets a cut of what you found. Wow. So Eden gave in and chose to believe Blackbeard's story. And with the plan complete, 
Blackbeard took his profits and threw a beach picnic. <gasps> and it's a very specific beach picnic to pirates. It's called a banyan. Yeah, Woo! man. Yeah. They had specific names for parties. That's how often they party. Yeah. Did they have little flags and flair and stuff like that? Little banners that say, have fun today? And I think it was just a bunch of 20-year-olds getting drunk on a beach. Yeah, Woo! man. They're too masculine. Yeah. Nice. And Captain Vane rejoined the Blackbeard's crew for the beach party. Yeah! All right. And they partied for a fucking week. Yeah, dog. A full week. However, not all royal governors in America were as easily swayed by Blackbeard as Charles Eden. Mm. Particularly, piracy was most hated by Virginia Governor Alexander Spotswood, oh. who was rich enough to regularly lose money from oh, piracy. I am absolutely sick of all of these pirates coming over yeah. here, stealing my... <laughs> no! Those are my slaves. They're uh, mine, and I uh, we took them ourselves, and it was difficult. He has such a family history of STDs, they had to name him Spotswood. Uh, don't tell you. Furthermore, Spotswood was a man who considered himself of high moral fiber. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, a, king, uh -huh. a, a king's man through and through, who would have nothing to do with the lowly characters of Bath Town, which he called a nest of vipers. Slippery snakes! <laughs> Doing their horrible little deeds. Oh. They are, uh, smelly and parting banyan. Mr. Uh, Spotswood, your favorite pig is here to have sex with. Thank you. Oink, oink. Mm, I love you, Bernadette. <laughs> I love you since the woman I bred you. <laughs> now, Blackbeard had planned to sell the French ship he'd stolen, but after Spotswood stated that he intended to prove that Blackbeard had pirated the ship away, Blackbeard just burned it. Oh, yeah. Claiming that he'd done so because it was leaky. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Again, super mafia shit. Yeah. It's very, very mafia. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, Spotswood, you know, was interesting too, said during this whole time period, and of course, he had this massive hard-on about piracy. He was also being investigated by his entire, like, mini-government mm -hmm. for, for appropriating funds. It's the same shit Ugh. that is happening now, where he is what? he's so mad about all these people making the free money off of his enterprise. Meanwhile, he's making free money off his own fucking enterprise. You're going to say this politician's a hypocrite. Yeah. yeah, and not only that, but it's also the distraction thing, where it's like, no, 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 we, can't, yeah, we can't pay attention to all these scandals. We got pirates. Oh, like, pirates. how dare you ask me about all of these, like, little things, these small rules. That, that man bringing. has a bit. <laughs> okay. Well, burning the ship did absolutely nothing to throw Spotswood off the trail. And Spotswood decided that he was simply just going to give the order to capture or kill Blackbeard using the Royal Navy, whether he had proof or not. Yeah. Mm. So through a network of informants, Spotswood discovered that Blackbeard had his real pirate base at Ocracoke Island. So the Royal British Navy was sent to take him down using two ships, the Jane and the Ranger. This goes against all like systems of protocol because at the time you're supposed to be like, I'm attacking you. And uh, right. you allow yourself to be attacked? Ah, very good. That is begin. <laughs> attacking sequence once and they're supposed to be. So they decided to go like, fuck it. We're going to go raid them right now. We're yeah. going to go kill them while they're all fucking asleep. Okay. Well, they did have a little conversation right beforehand, but they didn't like send a letter. Being yeah, like, hey, we're coming for you. You're supposed to send a letter. You're supposed to do all this fucking official shit. Yeah, yeah let like, them know. Yeah, I mean, this is when, you know, warfare is kind of transitioning from the time where armies would say like, all right, we're going to meet in this field at this time and then we're going to all, you know, just fucking run at each other and hit each other with swords and axes until, you know, one of us gives up. And yeah. see that you're not late this time, France, because last time you were 15 minutes late and it really threw us off. It threw us all off, okay? 
Now, Blackbeard had become a little lazy since the pardon, and since he was just kind of half-pirate at this point, and since he'd burned the French ship, he didn't think anyone was coming for him. Therefore, no lookout parties were watching the sea on the day the Royal British Navy showed up, Uh and no alarms went off when Captain Maynard saw the adventure and gave chase. And uh, it is the story, it it, it is so interesting how this is a story as old as time. It's how most mafia leaders are whacked, too. Mm -hmm. It's that thing where they fight. It's like, it's that thing you can't relax because if they come for you like as soon as your back is turned as soon as you tell everybody you're going to therapy they know you're weak (laughs) it's just so stressful now on that day the adventure only had a skeleton crew of 25 men aboard half of what they'd normally have because the rest of the crew they just had a day in bath town like yeah we're going to bath town don't we'll be back later yeah we're getting taffy (laughs) oh very nice But in the 20 minutes between spotting Captain Maynard's sloops and the sloop's arrival, Blackbeard had plenty of time to prepare for a fight. The adventure was maneuvered so that her starboard swivel guns, loaded with grape shot, were facing the enemy, all while Blackbeard sailed toward Ocracoke Island. Cool. That's his base. Yeah. Okay. See, Blackbeard knew the waters and knew the beaches of Ocracoke, so he hoped that if he drew in the British sloops, they might wreck themselves on the unknown dangers below. Smart. It's a good strategy. However, this was a time, as Henry said, of gentlemanly warfare. So before the battle officially begun, Blackbeard and Captain Maynard hailed each other and engaged in a fair amount of dick wagging beforehand. You know what's interesting about it's true because they would they'd yell at each other, but of all of the uh, accounts of Blackbeard. This is actually one of the most accurate because all of the soldiers amongst the, the, the actual like royal soldiers they attested that all of these things happened. Mm-hmm. And because now the only thing we really know about pirates, I, we talked about how before, like the pirateers and the buccaneers, they used to keep journals. So that's how we knew how they operated. But pirates didn't keep journals because they viewed that as evidence. And the only thing we knew about pirates came from logs and jails and, mm-hmm. and legal proceedings and all that kind of shit. That's how we find out all these details. But this actually comes from witnesses yeah. that were there that day mm-hmm. that then will corroborate the final hours of Blackbeard's life that end up being some of the most exciting pirate action possible. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, Blackbeard began by yelling, quote, Damn you for villains! Who are you? And from whence do you come? And to that, Captain Maynard cheekily replied that no matter what they were, they obviously were not pirates. So, no, we obviously are pirates. <laughs> so, Blackbeard bid Captain Maynard to come aboard his ship so that he might see who he was. In response, Captain Maynard said, I cannot spare my boat, but I will come aboard you as soon as I can with my sloop. Oh. <laughs> and after that, there was no going back. From what Captain Maynard remembered, Blackbeard, quote, Drank damnation to me and my men, whom he'd stilled cowardly puppies, saying he would neither give nor take quarter. Oh my God, I want to strangle this man. <laughs> It soon became obvious that this was going to be a battle to the death. And just as Captain Maynard was preparing his men for the fight to come. Okay, put on your sassers and everybody's at tea and come on, let's go. Is anybody hungry? Blackbeard opened fire with grape shot filled with nails and old pieces of iron, killing six British sailors instantly and wounding ten on Captain Maynard's ship, the Jane. A third of Maynard's forces were gone. A commander had been killed. And it seemed as if just one more attack would have made Blackbeard the victor. But at that moment, Blackbeard's plan of sailing towards his home base backfired. The plan was successful in part 
in that it had caused the other royal ship, the Ranger, to run aground, but in the heat of battle, either a navigational error or the sheer recoil force of Blackbeard's guns caused the adventure to run aground as well. Think no! about that shit. But think about that, man, is that you could fire so many guns it moves your fucking boat. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're on your boat. It's all moving. And that's where one of the things where I was looking at the, the pirate's handbook where the, that that was a constant problem, too, is that your attack would cause your attack base to move. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to get a bunch of guys eating beans, offset the guns. Fart on the other Far on the other mm -hmm. end. So the Jane, third of its crew, is gone. They're trying to figure out what's happening on deck over there. And the Ranger is, you know, it's not shipwrecked, it's just run aground. Okay. So both the, the Ranger and the Adventure are trying to get back on the water. Like, they're throwing shit off the boat. They're wow. trying to raise their ship back up again so they can get into deeper waters. They're trying to race out so they can get back to the fight. Uh, the Adventure made it first. Oh. So it set its sights back on the Jane because it figured, hey, that's where the captain is. We can go finish this now. We can get, take care of the Jane and we can get the fuck out of here. And Blackbeard figured, hey, Grape Shot's taking care of them. Let's go do it. Yeah, let's hit him. But he soon discovered that Maynard was far more clever than he appeared. Yes, my mother and father were brother and sister. <laughs> I am a new man. Oh, isn't that nice? Maynard had kept the majority of his crew below deck. This is a very Agincourt type of strategy. Yeah. He was hoping to draw the pirates on board his ship. Mm. Oh, help! Oh, help! Simply <laughs> helpless! Simply, oh, help! The seagulls everywhere! Aww. So, Blackbeard took the bait. Uh -oh. He sailed over to the Jane, threw a bunch of grenadoes onto the deck, and then yelled, quote, They're all knocked on the head except three or four, and therefore let's jump on board and cut them to pieces. Sounds like a great idea, boss. <laughs> and after throwing across their grappling hooks, Blackbeard and ten other pirates swung themselves over, thinking they're in for an easy fight. But they were met with Captain Maynard calling his full armed force from below deck and were instantly outnumbered. Let's, Dang. let's go, boys! Dun! Dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> now, as we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, as we said, Blackbeard was basically a walking armory at all times. And while his men immediately started using cutlasses, hatchets, knives, and clubs, <laughs> Blackbeard drew pistol after pistol and fired at the British before throwing each one away. But in the chaos, Blackbeard was shot himself by one of his own men no! on oh. accident. And that had to hurt, man. Oh, those yeah. things hit, those old bullets hit you and flatten. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, ooh. Now, that was his first wound, but he kept biting. After the guns were empty, Blackbeard drew his cutlass and crossed swords with Maynard. Captain to Captain. Dude, Whoa. this is where movies come from, is yeah. the testimony from this ship. It's literally every pirate movie you've ever seen is based on this day. It's mm -hmm. cool. Maynard made the first thrust, but hit Blackbeard's cartridge box, and it bent Maynard's sword. That's fucking awesome. Blackbeard counterattacked, and Maynard fell to the deck. He then grabbed his pistol and fired, and hit Blackbeard. <gasps> yes. But Blackbeard kept coming. Yeah, dude. So Maynard drew another pistol and hit Blackbeard again, who kept coming. It's really starting to hurt. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would imagine. Very similar to Rasputin. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, the British crew was slowly but surely driving back Blackbeard's pirates because the pirates were greatly outnumbered. And once one of Maynard's men saw that Blackbeard was advancing upon Captain Maynard, just as Blackbeard was raising his cutlass, they had the final blow. 
the other sailor swung the sword and buried it in Blackbeard's neck. Ah, oh, yes. But even, oh, God, it's fucking awesome. It's just a flesh wound. But even still, Blackbeard did not go down and swung his sword wildly while blood sprayed out of his neck wound. And after shooting him again, after which he still did not go down, Maynard decided to end it himself. He raised his sword, took a swing, and finished the job his man had started. Blackbeard's head fell to the deck and rolled away, leaving the surviving pirates without a captain. I'll which, be back! Which also makes them all go in a fucking disarray, because mm. the, the dude that's supposed to tell them everything that they do was because, like, what we've learned but about just pirates... the fight goes out of them. The fight goes out of them, and what we also yeah. know about pirates is that they technically hold elections and vote for every single action that the ship takes, but the captain actually has full, total control only when they are in battle. Yeah. So that's mm. when, as soon as he's gone, then it's all like, oh, fuck. Yeah, what do we do? I mean, it was just like when we got Saddam and the whole war ended. Yeah. Oh, I remember <laughs> yeah, that. Man, only like three that. days, man. Yeah, three yeah. days. So easy. By the end of it, 10 pirates, including Blackbeard, were killed during the battle, and 10 of Maynard's crew was killed as well. As far as Black Caesar went, we know that he tried igniting the gunpowder stores on the adventure in a last-ditch suicide attack, but he was stopped at the last second. So Straight metal. up Red Dead Redemption. It's so fucking yeah. metal. Wow. He was arrested, but there are no records as to whether he was hanged with the rest of the pirates or if he was sold into slavery like most black pirates were. And he was of such a... He was at a certain level because he was with Blackbeard that I actually wonder... If he, he might have gotten away. He might have. Well, no, no, no. He definitely went on or trial. Or he died that day. Yeah. Oh, he went on trial? He was definitely, he, okay, well, then we don't know if he went on trial. We definitely know he was arrested, though. Okay. We mm. just don't know what happened after, after he was arrested. Concerning the fate of Blackbeard's head, though, it was kept as proof of victory. And as a final humiliation, Captain Maynard hung it from the front of his ship off the bowsprit as a warning to other pirates and as a trophy for a battle won. Think of that. There's this fucking British warship and that Ooh. you know that big piece of wood that yeah. comes off of the front. Yep. Blackbeard's head, head is swinging from it. I got a good picture that of it. So cool, man. Sweet that ass is fucking awesome. like. I was watching. This is oh, it's fucking sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's unknown what happened to the head ultimately, but some reports claim that Maynard handed it over to Virginian authorities, who hung it from a pole on Hampton Road for some years after. Mm. Others say that Blackbeard's skull was incorporated into the bottom of a silver punch bowl, yeah. which oddly Ooh. enough, was the punch bowl was called the infant, but I don't know why. It's fucking Ugh. weird. I don't Ugh. like that, man. Ugh. You gotta, if you guys start naming anything the infant, we're yeah. gonna have that conversation. Good. Bring oh, out no. the infant. No. It's, time, <laughs> it's time for punch and cookies. Oh, it's a little too British for me, a little <laughs> Jimmy Savile-ish. I bet you it's at Jimmy Buffett's house. Oh, don't even yep. bring my Buffett oh, into it. Yeah. Music might be horrible. No, I'm but just his saying. Margarita villas are great. He's the closest we have to a pirate. Uh, mm. uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think the closest we have to a pirate are pirates mm, who still exist. And, I'm the captain now. Yeah, I'm the captain now. Yeah. Well, his parrot heads are his audience. Yeah. 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 But no matter where his skull ended up, the fact remains that Blackbeard will most likely remain the most infamous pirate in history, not because he was so cruel or violent but because he was just so goddamn good at being larger than life. Woo! 
man. I absolutely love this story. It was and awesome. Again, the reason why I find Blackbeard specifically so fascinating is that like Rasputin, like certain certain people in history, he had a long view. Yeah. He really wanted to be written about and he, mm. he wanted this. He wanted people to view him as something special and, and it, there's something about that. Like people who like can stand, stand the test of time and all this shit turned out to be real, mm-hmm. you know? Rasputin! Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 1718 to 2022, people are still talking about this man, Blackbeard. Yeah, man. That's incredible. Well, what a great story, guys. That was fascinating. It was good times to be on the high seas, but not actually on the high seas, because the last time I went on a fishing boat in New York, my face swelled up because I was allergic to a fish, and I yeah. got seasick. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so this we is better would, than that. We would die. Yeah. Anytime oh. before 1965, yeah, I think yeah, we'd all be dead. <laughs> which, which fit was it the fish? Fish that you were allergic to or the mercury that was in the fish? Something I was allergic to. My face puffed up. Oh. I was with my girlfriend at the time. I looked like Jason Voorhees. And I was like, <laughs> do you think there's anything wrong with my face? Is there something wrong with my face? something wrong with my face? But anyway, well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, let's see. We want to talk about... Uh, we have we got com- last comic book on the left yeah. that is coming out very soon. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we, I know that the books just arrived yeah. in the warehouse. So people yeah, start getting them soon. I want to say thank you so much for everybody that's like we were gonna do a show here at Beacon. Marcus got the fucking long COVID. Yeah, He's I'm not. Ah, I'm, not COVID. I'm not infectious. I, I, I've, yeah, I've been yeah, that's negative. not what that's about. Yeah. it just got. It's we are taking our health seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I mean, can't. Um, I can do a podcast with you know all that, but I just can't perform for but three hours. I want to say thank you to all. Of, we honestly got so many nice notes and we shit. Saying thank like, you very much for all your support. I everyone's been it. fucking awesome. Uh, you guys obviously we have truly the best <sighs> listeners in the world. Yeah, and, you guys are so uh, sweet. And thanks yeah. for listening to all the shows. And then we will see you all in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, June so. 18th, we got the fucking Can't big old wait. jamboree. It's going to be really fun. Uh, everybody is going to fucking be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, is that it? That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That's I'm going to take care of myself and just get back to it. We're going to get you back up in there. Yeah. I'm going to punch take- you, pump you full of HGH like Sly Sloan. Ooh, you know, that's yeah. fu- that would be fun. That's that next. That would be fun. Honestly, please. Uh, and you all take care of yourselves out there. Be safe and be nice to each other. Kind, because it's a brutal time out there. It is. Uh, all right, everyone. Hail yourself. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. Hail me. I forgot to put my shirt back on, though. Yeah. I know, the whole show. I forgot that you, it, it wasn't until the end of the show that, you know, I just, you really got, I got distracted m- again. It's my breasts, so much yeah. hair. It's a lot of hair. It's, it's, the, it's not the more. breasts that distract me, it's the hair. You see this? Yeah. It's the shoulder hair that is sticks out no, it's, to the side. Yeah. Am I supposed to do something You're about that? You're looking like know. Stephen King when he turned into a plant. Yeah. I remember that. I don't know, what was that? Tales the Crypt? Yeah. Or, creep show. Creep show, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll look into it. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.